Welcome back to Tangential Friendship. We had a month of ADHD paralysis, but we are back and we've got lizard brains. Sarah, tell me what's going on. Oh my God, best introduction ever. So initially we were going to talk witchy stuff, which I'm sure we'll get to after I vent, but I'm in lizard brain mode. And what does lizard brain mode mean for me? It means that I was also just distracted by my nasal voice. Okay, let's rewind. I'm in lizard brain mode. And <laughs> what does lizard brain mode mean? Well, it means that something has triggered me and now I'm in this trauma loop where I am upset and I cannot figure out why. And there's too many things that are upsetting me at once. So I'm irritated and I'm almost at the point where I wanna cry but instead it's just kind of like weird, like sea monkeys and seahorses swimming throughout my body. And I just feel agitated. And I wish that there was a way to like use, like use a human straw and like suck all the agitation out of me. That's where I feel I'm at. Would you you say that lizard brain is kind of like the precursor to dysregulation? Um, yes, definitely. Like I'm on this like precipice of dysregulation. That's it. That is so well put. And so I'm like teetering on that line and I'm really trying not to go down the rabbit hole, the spiral slide, but you know, it's not even like a fun spiral slide. It's like a spiral slide with like spikes (laughs) that hurt hurt you. It's like, and it's, it's not even like a slick slide. It's like sandpaper. It just like everything hurts. Yes. So it's so on point. It's totally like a sandpaper slide. I'm really sad. (sighs) I think what it boils down to is I get very paranoid and anxious at work if I say something and my perception is that I am being criticized or not believed or undermined or what there's a perception of me that feels inaccurate to me it makes me spiral and feel dismotionally dismotionally see I can't even say it I like combine five words dismotionally and it you know what I like it dismotionally should be a word I'm writing it down dismotionally dismotionally yeah it's like emotionally dysregulated dismotionally yeah it's a good way to say it's a good way of saying um emotionally dysregulated you're feeling dismotional I love it dismotional so I was feeling dismotional and it's a very sad place to be when you feel that paranoia like they don't believe me or they think that I'm bad at my job or that I am, you know, I- I'm just too much or too intense, whatever the case may be. There's you're just convinced that somebody has this negative perception of you. And that's what that's where I'm at is I'm convinced that, you know, my colleagues have this negative perception of me or my manager has this negative perception of me. And, and I am trying to not like obsess about it. But the more it's like that whole thing, like don't think about pink elephants. Of course, you're going to think about pink elephants, you know? Exactly. It's kind of one of those things where you're just kind of stuck in a loop in your head and you almost get angry at people who try to break that loop. (laughs) Exactly. Even though you kind of want the loop to be broken, it just feels like if they try to break it, they're going to make it worse because you're already trying hanging on. You're hanging on by a thread, you know? I know exactly what you mean. My my poor boyfriend has been on the we, we we're working through it much better now because we're we're doing therapy. But um, there have been instances where like I am stuck in a loop and 
I can't get out of it. And he tries earnestly to get me out of it. And it's not anything malicious, but I get angry at him for it. And I lash out and it's not fair. It's it, it, but it's, it's this weird, like cyclone inside you and it's just painful and uncomfortable. And it's really hard to get out of. Yeah, exactly. And so I actually thought of you because I was talking to, um, let's, let's see how we can identify them. I'm going to sneeze a lot. <laughs> so I was talking to manager two, I'll call this person. I was talking to manager two and he said, I was having this, you know, I was having this moment of dysregulation. I was like, I can't take this anymore. I, I, I want to quit. I, I, I was all over the place. Like, I'm so upset. Mm -hmm. And he mm -hmm. said, I would like to unsubscribe from your monthly breakdown. <laughs> <laughs> and, at, oh. and at the time, at the time, I was so mad that I was like, that's so rude. Like, I was so... <laughs> But now like, looking back on it, it is hilarious. It's, you know, but, and, and I, I was like stewing in that cause it, it, it was funny, but also like, it made me so mad. And oh, I, I love it. But it's so true. Like I, 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 I totally get it. Yeah. I, but now like looking back on it was funny. So then, but of course I was in a sensitive space. So I was like, that's so mean, you know? And so I, I texted him and I was like, I'd like to, unsubscribe from your sociopathic personality <laughs> <laughs> and, and even though he's totally not a sociopath oh. and then he called me back but that's the kind of banter we have so he called me he's like what do you mean I have empathy and I was like not in that moment you didn't I was I was just like losing my fucking mind but and that but now I can look back and go okay like I get where he's coming from because it's very exhausting every month to, to try to talk someone off a ledge and be like no don't quit you're awesome like that's not their mm -hmm. responsibility that it's not that person's responsibility to remind you of your value yeah um what my boyfriend told me um after I was in a spiral once and I was a little angry at the time when he said it but with time it's now kind of stuck with me and I like it and he told me he's like you got to learn how to write your own ship when you're stuck in the storm. Like you can't, you can't rely on others to do that. And then I pair it with another phrase that I learned from a wonderful man who passed away last year. His name was Dick Raymond. And something that he always would say is um, keep your powder dry, which is like in reference to gunpowder. You got to keep it dry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, that it's all about taking care of yourself. And then you and I recently, you talked to me, not necessarily talked to me off the ledge, but I was talking to you about how I am not very good at self-soothing. And it's something that I'm trying really hard to work on. And you walked me through a really good exercise as like a good first step to self-soothing. Because really, we got to learn how to take care of ourselves rather than rely on others to take care of us. Yeah, exactly. So I'm trying to catch myself and that that's the thing now I'm I'm on that precipice of like could go either way there's a fork in the road one way is emotional dysregulation and the other way is is talking myself off the ledge so I've been really fighting with that because I've been in that space where I was totally dysregulated with the emotional breakdown stuff when he, yeah. when he was like, I'd like to unsubscribe to your emotional breakdowns. And I said to him, and actually manager one said to me, 
he, you know, I was like, I know I have to stop saying I'm going to quit. And he's like, yeah, please don't say that. Because when you say that, if the wrong person hears it, they can actually fire you. That's very true. Yeah, exactly. So I was like, oh, shit, he's right. So now I'm trying to like, keep a mindful watch on myself. If I start feeling that way, I'm just gonna like, step away from the computer and text you or call you because I can't, I can't go to that place where I'm lashing out at my coworkers. It's so inappropriate. Oh yeah, no. I mean, I la I was about to say I lash out at you, but I'm not lashing out at you. I vent to you constantly. Like you're usually my first stop before I do anything. I'm like, I got to talk to Sarah because like most of the time you're too busy to respond, which is OK. I just like I need to know that it's out there and someone's going to read it and maybe they'll respond. <laughs> yeah, I, I need to be better about responding in general. It's it's been very I get so this job is very overwhelming and that's part of it. That's part of it. I've been like checked out from like from you, from Kristen, from, you know, um, Jen and just like I don't like that. You know, I want to be able to call you or answer your mm -hmm. call or, or like, and, but it's like when I'm on the phone all day, it's so exhausting, you know? It is. Yeah. And so, what? but I was going to say, like, I need to be better about responding. So you should just like kick my ass if I don't respond be like, hey, you there? <laughs> well, and like, it goes both ways. We both like, obviously we haven't posted an episode in over a month. And like I said, like, I kind of got a bit of paralysis in the last month where like, I just kind of got, well, there's a lot of stuff going on personally and emotionally. And, you know, it just kind of made me not, well, yeah, self-doubt. There was some self-doubt there and not necessarily about the podcast, but just like, I got to a point where it's just like, I, I don't know how to talk about this show right now to people. I don't even know how to post about it. And that it's my job to post these episodes. And like, so I think just like, we're good. We got, I think right here and right now, we got to forgive ourselves and like, take a breath. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It, and and exactly. move forward with our best intentions. Exactly. And that, and actually I was thinking about that today. I was like, oh, I feel so much shame for being so dysregulated and lashing out at people. And I think I can understand where the shame comes from. And it has, it, it almost has good intentions. It's trying to show me like, hey, you know, this doesn't make you feel good. And so I'm trying to figure out ways to be gentle with myself and say, you know, mm -hmm. you're feeling really vulnerable and raw and that's a tough place to be in and having that self-compassion and, and just kind of being like, that must be so tough that you're at the point where you're, you're lashing out at people. Like, let's try to find a way to deal with that because it's hurting your relationships. Yeah, I'm struggling with um, some kind of imposter syndrome and it kind of got triggered by some wonderful news, which is um, I'm not going to say who, but we do have somebody who we're going to be interviewing at some point. Um, but like they reached out and, 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 and said, you know, if we're ever looking to interview, um, please let us know. And I, you know, got really excited. But then in the next breath, I suddenly got super anxious and suddenly was like, oh, like what? why would they want to be on our podcast like what's so huh why why but it just like i just kind of started like kind of shame but not really yeah it's hard to describe but it's just like i don't ah, no what we're not good enough like this is duh and i just kind of got like really scared i don't know why yeah that's that's definitely imposter syndrome in my opinion i think 
that this has been a safe space for us and it's kind of just us hanging out, you know? And so we obviously want it to go places, but once there's this real feeling of someone's going to be in our safe space, it, it is a little scary. It yeah. is scary. You know, like, I feel like we're just, we hang out every Sunday. So I like that. And yeah. that's, and that is how I, I frame it in my head. And I'm like, how privileged are these people that get to listen to our hangouts? <laughs> how blessed are they to hear yeah. our wisdom of, you know? <laughs> yeah, like, you know, for real though, right? Like, I feel like, you know, I'm sure there's people that are like, that's how I hang out with my best friend. Or like, you know, like, I think, I think that it's, it is relatable, you know? And, I, and so regardless of, and, and also it reminds me of when I was doing a lot of mental health stuff and people would ask me to be on their podcast and they would say things like, you know, well, I don't know, like, I just want to let you know, I don't know that I don't have a lot of, you know, listeners. And I would be like, I don't care. I think it's fun. Like, I think the idea of a podcast is fun. So I feel like we should look at this, not there's no should, but I think a good way to look at this or a good reframe is how wonderful that this person will be on uh, in our safe space to talk to and we can learn something from them. That's a good way to think about it. You, that's the perfect way to reframe it. Yeah, because it doesn't have to do with anything, any status stuff. It's really we do this because we love it and, and we have fun, you know, and and we know that eventually it's going to go somewhere. So right now we're just having fun and we're excited to, to talk to people on the show. There's so and there's so much to talk about. I mean, like we've had a month, a kind of a month off, but yet I've got so many things. It's like, ah, oh, I get, you know, I've seen movies, books I've read, topics to talk about. I mean, Love is Blind is starting up again soon. Like, ah, yes. so much to talk about. I'm really excited about Love is Blind on the 14th. I did see a really good movie yesterday. Have you seen The Visit? I have not, but yesterday I went and saw Argyle, which I really want to recommend. Oh, that's cool. So The Visit is an M. Night Shyamalan movie. You know, the guy that did The Sixth Sense and The Village and all those Oh, things. is this yeah. the one where they're in the, it's the three strangers come to the cabin in the woods? No, this one is really crazy. Like this one is these two kids have, have never met their grandparents because the mom had a falling out with her parents. So the grandparents reach out and they want to have the kids for a week. So then the kids, you know, go on a train to visit their grandparents and then really weird stuff starts happening. And that's all I'm going to say. Uh, knowing it's an M. Night Shyamalan, my first thought was just like, the grandparents aren't actually the grandparents. They're something else. I don't know. Uh. I'm not going to, I'm not, no spoilers, but um, you'll see if you watch it. But it's not, it's not like real, it's not scary, scary. Like it's, it's definitely like a thriller type movie, but there's nothing that's going to like make you, you know, keep you up at night, you know? Okay. Well, I've got a movie for you to watch. And um, so I went and did a movie night with two of my coworkers who become uh, close friends. Shout out to Chris and Crystal. And we, Chris insisted we watch this movie <laughs> and he, he told us the title and, and insisted we don't look anything up about it. Now, I'd barely heard about the movie because I kind of remember when it came out, but I didn't know anything about it. And uh, we we watched it after trying, um, you know, they make Mary Jane sodas. 
So we tried those. <laughs> what in the haberdashery is that? What are Mary Jane so sodas? Exactly what you think it is. <laughs> oh, duh. Okay. And so, yeah. And so the movie was called Barb and Star Go to Vista Del Mar. And <laughs> it is like, if I had to describe it, it's like Barbie movie meets Austin Powers meets every Blake Edwards film I've ever seen. It's very absurd and all over the place and just like wonderful. <laughs> okay, wait. So what's the title? Barb and Star go to Vista Del Mar. Okay, that sounds like a porn, but <laughs> it's not. I mean, it's got like adult themes in it, but it's not a porn. No, it's um, it's Kirsten Wig and her friend Annie Mamulo wrote this, and they star in it. And it's also got um Jamie Dornan. It's like the first role he did after Fifty Shades of Grey, and it's just it's the most wonderful thing I have ever seen. Well, I love Kirsten Wig, so I that is a selling point in itself. It's kind of like one massive SNL sketch on acid. It's wild barb and star and then i can't remember the last part go to vista del mar oh well that makes <laughs> sense barb and star go to vista del mar do you think that seattle has this is so random but again tangential friendship um do you Tangent. Think, yep exactly do you think that seattle has four seasons <laughs> as in the hotel or is in four actual separate seasons of the year Four actual separate seasons. <laughs> I love that my first thought was the hotel. I was I like, know. of course we do, Sarah. What the fuck? Hello. Yeah. Oh, hi. I'm a millennial. Um, yeah. I, well, it's interesting because this year, like, the weather's been particularly weird. We had um, an ice streak and then we had, like, heat last week. It felt almost like summertime. And now this week it's back to, like, being kind of cold again. Um. Sometimes we do have four seasons. We our winter is not necessarily snowy. We might get like a few days or a week of snow every other year, but most of the time it's just rainy and wet. And then it gets very dry and hot in the summer. So yeah, I guess the answer is kind of no. I mean, some years we do and some years we don't. Oh my God. I just realized that my microphone was not the display setting for this episode. So I'll just sound really fucking weird. You know what? That's okay. <laughs> Lizard brain. Lizard brain it is. Uh, this is why I want to name this episode witchy, bitchy, and glitchy. Yeah, I'm down. I'm down for that. I just, I don't want to be a lizard anymore. Um, I remember why I changed the setting on this though. It, and strangely enough, I'm still talking into this microphone though it is not doing anything because it is not the default audio on the Zoom right now, but that's okay. I'm but you sound out. wonderful. Keep going. Okay, cool, cool. Thank you. I am just very exhausted from this weird trauma state. I can't find my lighter because I really wanted to smoke weed and I can't, that would really help me now, you know, like when it just calms your nervous system. Uh, yeah, we, my friends and I were talking about how stressful it is when you misplace your vape or something and, you, and you're just like, where is it? And you start like tearing the room apart. Yeah, exactly. It's, I'm, I'm, at, I'm in that state. And I'm like, you know what? Would, would it be so bad to like smoke weed in the middle of the day, like on lunch? You know, I don't know. Although I might go to sleep. That might not be the best thing. <laughs> well, it depends on the kind of weed. If you take like an upper, you'd be fine, like a sativa. 
True, but those make me really like agitated. So I, I can't, oh. I can't do sativa because of my anxiety. You know, mm. the funny thing is, if I smoke weed, if I smoke an indica, it doesn't make me go to sleep. It makes me relax to the point of like being functional. Well, I mean, sometimes with 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 our stress levels and whatnot, that's what it's meant to do. It's a medication in that in that way. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeedly do. So I'm excited about Love is Blind. And when is season six of The Circle coming out? I I have. I think we looked this up already and it was like late spring. They hadn't actually announced it yet. I'm sure we'll get an announcement sometime around when Love is Blind is concluding because that's usually what they do. They kind of piggyback off each other with these shows. Yeah, I am rewatching. I was rewatching the entire Circle seasons and I'm now I'm on season five. I still have not watched that one. I got distracted by a bunch of other TV. Okay, that's interesting. Sorry, I, I dolphin for a minute, but Circle season six is being filmed or was filmed in Atlanta, Georgia. I'm still sad that you were not chosen to be on the Circle because you would have been the perfect catfish. Thank you. Now I, I wonder where season five was filmed because when did they stop filming it in England? Uh, your guess is as good as mine. It's, do they not say? I'm looking it up. Oh, so it looks like Chicago. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, that's it. That's what it's, it's saying. No, no, no. Circle season. No, it was still in England at that time. Just blew into the windy city. The windy city is a mighty pretty, but it ain't got what we got. No, sorry. Sorry. As soon as you said Chicago, that song came into my head. Makes sense to me. I yeah. So Circle season five was still in England and I'm sad. OK, so really, I wasn't missing much, though, because I have no desire to go to Atlanta. Like, really, I don't care. I, I, I think if it would if it were in England, I would have been sad because then mm. I miss going to back to England. Yeah, England is pretty lovely to go to. Very posh. That's right, because you were in England, like, what, two years ago? Uh, no, but I'm, last time I was in England, I think, was 2017. So it's been a few years for me, but it's wonderful. I love England. I've been there three times now, and every time it's been wonderful. Yeah, because you were there with your ex, I I, I remember yeah, the last time yeah. I went, my um, my ex, uh, wh who I was with at the time, um, his cousin was getting married, and so I got invited to go with him to the wedding, which was like a free, okay, all expenses paid trip to England, and, and then we did it like an overnight in France, like hell yeah, it was wonderful. It was, you know, him and his family who were all really lovely. We're all on good terms. They're all really lovely. In fact, um, I want to shout out my ex, Alex. Congratulations to him and his fiance. They just got oh engaged my recently. Congratulations. Really, really. Congratulations, yeah. Alex. Yay. Yeah. Um, I think her name is Amelia. Not that I've been stalking or anything. No, I'm not very, at all. very no. happy for them. So yes. congrats to you too. I'm not sure if he actually listens to this or not. We're still like Instagram friends and we still like say happy birthday and whatnot to each other. But like our our relationship was 
really lovely and wonderful. And it kind of ended very naturally because he got into a PhD program in Maryland and moved um, across the country. And me, I'm a Pacific Northwest girl in my heart. And I just knew I couldn't leave this area and my family. And so we went our separate ways. And yeah, and I'm very, very happy for him. And I'm very happy for myself with where I am because I've got Griffin now. That's awesome. I can't think of one ex-boyfriend that I'm friends with. I am a nasty bitch when I break up with people. Although I, <laughs> I'm, I will say, well, the, you know, my ex-husband, we have to be speaking because of the kids. So I, I don't know yeah. what, but I, I, things are okay with us right now. I think we're on a, we're on a good flow. Um, you know, it goes up and down. Um, but I think I'm, I'm trying to think of anybody else that I, that I even would speak to. Oh no. Um, my ex-boyfriend from high school, we are, we talk occasionally and we're Facebook friends. Um, yeah, yeah so- well that's kind of Alex and I, like I haven't seen him in person or talked to him on the phone since he left. We're just kind of like, you know, long distance acquaintances at this point. And so it just was easy that way. And like, I mean, there was at one point um, a few months after he had moved and we were in that awkward place of like, okay, I guess we're like not together anymore, but we're still friendly where he admitted he'd started dating. And I like went into, I didn't say anything to him really, but I kind of went into a jealous rage. I was like texting all my girlfriends being like. (laughs) Oh yeah, no, totally. Oh, actually, no, I I remembered another person that I still talk to occasionally. Um, It's actually Jen's brother, Greg. We had like a fling, but it was we weren't in like a full on relationship forever. But like we still talk. That's good. I mean, I think it's healthy sometimes. Like a lot of people get really weirded out and have like very strict rules about like, oh, yeah, you can't talk to each other anymore or whatever. But I'm like, "Uh, it's not even a thing. Like, I don't care. But exactly. But I can't think of anyone. So, you know, Greg, I would if I saw like a cute picture of a cat, I would text Greg or something. But like I can't or, you know, same with John, if I not not a cat, but like something that reminded me of him, I I text him, but it's not like I'm like BFFs with anybody that I dated. Yeah, no, I'm not. I yeah, no. Alex is like the only one really. And like I said, we basically just say like happy birthday to each other. And like, when I knew his grandpa passed away, I reached out because I met his grandparents and they were really lovely people. And then I said I, I sent him a congratulations message when I saw he was engaged. So, you know, that's about it. OK, so we definitely need to get back on the posting, uh, the posting schedule for this podcast. But the good news is because we're reframing today that we have a backlog of episodes to choose from. Right. We do we do so we don't have because sometimes I think something that happened to us earlier this month well in in the last year was that um we would have periods where we went through the backlog episodes that we had and we didn't have any more backlogged episodes so we were kind of like stressed I was like well we have to record something to get it out ah! and now it's like okay we've got like I think four or five episodes in the can right now so we can give ourselves a breath and you know just like go forth and prosper. <laughs> Yes, I have also realized, okay, so I wanted to share this with you, which happened this weekend, you know, I, the field that I'm in is very dry and boring, right? So selling life insurance is very like, although I wouldn't say it's entirely that way, but it's not creative per se, right? You're not, I'm not creating art or something of that nature. There are, there's creative aspects to it, but I've been so sucked into this corporate world that I have neglected the creative side of myself. And I also have been 
just neglecting the things that I like to do that define me. So, and also overworking because I'm trying to make the money to take some art in Japan, which is very exciting. Um, but this weekend I was like, I need to get the fuck out of Connecticut. So I drove down to Brooklyn because my homie, um, who I should send this episode to Brett Newski, we should have him on. He's super fun. He's a musician, but he was, he said he was in town cause he is a, he's in a band and he travels around the world. You know, he, he loves like to go to South Africa and all these different places. And he texted me, he's like, I'm in town, I'm in Brooklyn. I was like, oh shit, I don't live in Brooklyn anymore, but I'll come meet you. So I drove down an hour and a half into the city and we got dumplings, we got soup dumplings and hung out and also sesame, sesame noodles. And it's Brooklyn is such a fun place because you can get lunch for two people at some random hole in the wall noodle place for like, 20 bucks you know and it that's was, the best right exactly it was it was just the best thing ever and i'm just like i can taste these dumplings in my mouth right now that's how good they were but i got to see him and it, re- it reminded me of the days where i was doing full-time freelancing and mental health stuff and advocacy and then i went to see robin um who adores you by the way um she's in our group chat for love is blind and- shout out to robin Woo-hoo! And uh, so we we hung out and then we got cake and, uh, you know, it was really fun. And so it reminded me of my roots. Like it reminded me of who I was before I got sucked into the corporate zombie land. So I think all this to say, you know, you've got a day job. I've got a day job. But we also remember that we were people before those things and we are people during those things. We have these creative inclinations that we must foster. Yeah, yeah, especially when you're in we're both in service jobs and mm-hmm. when you're spending a good chunk of your the majority of your day in service of others, sometimes you really forget to serve yourself and it you know, then you start to drain out, lose spoons, then you get dysregulated and then you just spiral. Yeah, exactly. And manager one told me, he was like, you really need to take care of yourself. You like when you're getting to the state where you're feeling burnout coming, it is okay to take a cruise control day. It is okay to do that. And I was like, that sounds so nice. Like it's, a, you know, because there's some days where you don't necessarily want to take the day off, but you don't want to put like a full hundred percent into your job. And so like, that's the definition of a cruise control day at work is like, you're there, but you're like kind of like fake working, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, I feel that. (laughs) (laughs) So, and that's, that can be difficult for me because I definitely am a hard, I'm a hard worker, you know, but like the thing about ADHD though, is the expression work smarter, not harder is like the epitome of my personality. Cause I'll work in these bursts of like two, three hours that'd be like, okay, I'm done. You know, I, yeah, it's like the there's the the ADHD warning, like, don't sit. If you sit, your day is doomed. And like, because the moment you sit down, you're not going to get anything else done. I never sit. I never sit. I'm telling you. And and it's it is very true. I feel that sta- like, you know, you know how I feel about the standing desk. I think standing there's something about what it does to your brain. It's very activating. You know? Yeah, it, it tells me it's time to work. It's time to do stuff. If I'm sitting, then I'm like, oh, I'm going to scroll through my phone and watch some TikToks and read this book and not really do anything else. Yeah, exactly. And there's something really nice about. I don't really like 
sitting actually. I like standing and laying down. Mm. Like if there was a table, <laughs> that's so funny. I was just thinking about Kimmy Schmidt where Titus is like, think good things, good dreams, like a bathroom where you, a toilet where you can lay down. <laughs> like you don't have to sit on it, you know? It would be great if there was like a restaurant or like a dining room table where you would just lay down. Like, yeah. You know, like obviously you can't eat laying down, but like after you're done, you know, kind of just like to relax, you know? I'm definitely like a lounger. Like I like having my feet up usually like at the same level as my body and I'm like hunkered down with blankets, kind of like in a nesting position, you know? Yes, blankets are the best. All the blankets all the time. Yeah, blankets are are my thing. I love blankets. I love pillows. I like feeling like I've made a, a little comfy little nest. Yeah, and I, and I actually tuck myself in. I, I like a little, Me too. right? Like, it's so funny, right? Because it's this, it's a safety feeling. You know, when you're in this cocoon of your blanket, you're just like, I am safe and warm. Well, it's, it's very much a feeling of Huga. You know how we talked about in the past episode about Huga. It's very much just like comfort and embracing that sense and that lifestyle. And so I very much have like, um, I have my comfort socks, my comfort t-shirts. I've got my really ugly ratty sweatpants that um i called my hygge boxers which are basically it's basically a, a description for like ugly comfy pants you wear around the house and you and you know and then i curl up in my little nest of blankets and pillows and put on a movie or read a book and i'm happy that is so lovely sounding i and i'm really hoping that i can find my lighter because the the thing that sounds the best right now is just you know smoking a joint light up Light up as if you had no choice. Oh my god, they that song is in the Argyle movie in the best possible way, and it's really funny. What is the Argyle movie about again? Okay, without giving it away, because like there's a ton of plot twists in this film, you guys. There's like eleven of them. It's wild, but basically, what you see from the trailers is Argyle is about this reclusive author, Ellie Conway, she writes spy novels. And it turns out that the um, plots that happen in her spy novels are actually happening in real life. And now real spies are after her to try and find out what's going to happen next. And so that's all I'm going to tell you from there. It's really great. It's got Bryce Dallas Howard, Henry Cavill, Dua Lipa, John Cena, Sam Rockwell, Samuel L. Jackson. It's just like such a great show. Oh, I saw the preview for this and I wanted to see it. Okay, I'm excited. If you want to, okay, so I'm a huge Henry Cavill fan. Me and my coworker Heidi salivate over him because he's just a gorgeous specimen of a human being. Sorry, Griffin, if you're listening to this. <laughs> there it is. Um, like Sheena, I think like he can do no wrong. He can do no wrong. Well, they released a music video for the song that they've made for the movie Argyle, which is really good. It's called Electric Energy by Ariana DeBose and Boy George. It's like this awesome disco song. And in the music video, it's all the actors lip syncing to the lyrics and everyone is doing such a good job except for Henry Cavill, who looks so uncomfortable and out of place. And it's that so is hilarious it makes me so happy i'm like finally something the man can't do <laughs> so i have a question for you do you know rotten tomatoes yeah everybody does yeah i do too but i don't understand why the rotten tomatoes ratings 
are so much lower than like IMDb or general public. Like why are, because, what, go ahead. So I like, I don't really trust Rotten Tomatoes ratings to be perfectly honest. Cause I believe, and I'm sure so, if somebody might listen to this and be like, that's wrong, you can message and correct me. But I think the way that it works is that it takes all of the reviews that are published. So first you have the critics reviews and then you have the audience reviews. And so it takes the critics reviews and it rounds them up and then it gives you the average of like how positive they are. And then they do the same for the audiences. And if it's got a mostly positive score, then it's got a ripe tomato. But if it's got a negative score, then it has a rotten tomato score. And so I'm a little bit annoyed because I think this movie is really, really fucking good. But I don't think people I think people try to take it too seriously. And that's why it's not getting the reviews it should. Yeah, because it's got a low rating on Rotten Tomatoes, but the audience rating is 70%. So that's good. It's so much fun. It's one of those movies where you got to lean into the campiness and the silliness. And um, did you ever see the Kingsman movies? No. Okay, it's the same. I was going to say it's the same director as those movies. And those are very fun and campy. So it's like it's supposed to be kind of like a silly homage to spy movies, but it doesn't take itself too seriously. It's very fun. And it makes me sad that like they're calling it a bomb because I think it's a really great movie. I'm excited to see it. I just don't, I, I never really paid attention to reviews of movies because if I am interested in it, then I want to see it. I don't need verification from other sources that it's good because we're all human beings and have different tastes. You know, I mean, I mean, some of my all time favorite movies are movies that people hate, like exactly. my my all time favorite movie. And I will die fighting to defend this film is the 1998 Godzilla film with Matthew Broderick and Jean Reno and Hank Azaria. There are a ton of people out there who hate that movie, but I will fight to my dying breath to defend it because I love it so, so much. Speaking of Godzilla, and that, and that, first of all, that's awesome. But speaking of Godzilla, I I tried to see the new version of it, and I couldn't. My ADHD like could not sit through it. Like the acting was wonderful, <laughs> but I was like, I can't. It's too slow for me. Are you talking about the the Japanese one, Godzilla minus one? Yes, the one that just came out. Yeah, I can understand. It is definitely a slow burn. It is a slow burn. It's really, it is a really fantastic film. I went and saw it in theaters um, and I really, really enjoyed it. But it is a slow burn. Like, um, I remember sitting there also thinking like, oh, I wish they could get to the monsters already. But, you know. That was the problem. So I liked, I mean, it was very very touching about, you know, taking in the baby and like them being sort of like a a pseudo couple. And and then, I okay, Mm -hmm. so- I didn't, I, I actually left the movie because I was feeling agitated and Samara couldn't sit through it either. But I will watch it when it comes to HBO Max for sure. I just felt like it was very overwhelming. Also, you know, I get very triggered by loud sounds and mm-hmm. sometimes movies are too loud for me. So I feel like in a movie theater, you know? Yeah. So I feel like I'll have a better, easier time watching it at home. Like And actually, this is a great segue into something I wanted to talk about, which is like going to movie theaters in general, I have been finding is like a sensory nightmare for me. It is, right? Yeah. 
like it, you well it, it used to be fine um and then we had my uh, we briefly mentioned this before my brother and i and our significant others went on a double date night last may and we got attacked in a movie theater so yeah. that also took away that sense of safety so now every time i'm in a movie theater like i can go see movies now but um it's a bit of a sensory nightmare because i'm very much aware of everyone around me um i'm very much aware of when people are on their cell phones last night there was um an empty seat next to me and then there was an older gentleman in the seat there and for whatever reason he had his arm like kind of like laid out like halfway into the seat next to me and he was like and he was like rubbing his fingers together randomly and it was like making that noise and I could hear it and I could see it out of the corner of my eye and like I wasn't gonna say anything because like again after the attack in the theater I'm very much just like I'm not gonna confront it I don't want I don't want something bad to happen nope. but like there were several instances where like I could see it and hear it out of the corner of my eye during the movie and I was like I just wanted to be like fucking stop dude like what are you doing yeah no I feel I feel like like I have first of all that sounds horrible let me just validate that and i feel like i have that thing where it's like misphonia like misphonia or whatever where it's like sounds are really upsetting to you like certain sounds absolutely yeah i get i think it's just overstimulation i just can't and that and that is an adhd thing where you just like you hear something it's like almost like zooming in on a sound yeah and like and you know i i managed to like I didn't get really upset. I was very irritated, but I managed to like calm myself down because, you know, I tried to be like with my therapist is like, okay, let's try some empathy here. Maybe he's got a like a neurological disorder with his arm where because I know people who like their arms twitch and they can't help it. It's an erratic thing and stuff like that. Like maybe, you know, he's got Parkinson's or something. And like, that's just like, that's just something that's happening. I don't know. So, you know, you got to possibly think of potentially those things like maybe he's not some asshole who's just like you know doing whatever maybe it's like there are issues there anyways yeah going to movie theaters is a bit of a let me just say about that though it's it's so true but it's so hard to think of in the moment when it's like really irritating you yeah it's very hard you i have to dig for empathy there like you have to like dive into the empathy pond and really look for it at the bottom there and just like and i take you know but yeah, so going to movie theaters is kind of like a sensory nightmare and you do get overstimulated and it can be hard. Like I, yeah, oh, I, it's hard. I, I, so I understand the desire to like wait until stuff is out on streaming now. Yeah, man, it's really tough. I was going to, I was going to say also, um, have you, so I wanted to go back to the, to the idea of the M. Night, M. Night Shyamalan movie is like, when you think about him, which movies have you seen of his and which ones do you like? Um, I have seen The Village, Lady in the Water, Sixth Sense. <laughs> Sorry, excuse me. <laughs> Sixth Sense. Um, uh, what else have I seen? Signs. Um, I feel like I'm missing another one. I haven't uh, seen I haven't seen Signs. What did you was it good? Science is good. Science scared the crap out of me. It still gives me the heebie-jeebies, but it's a good movie. Um, my favorite is The Village. I loved I The Village, and actually, I want to rewatch it because oh, it's it was, so good. It's so good, right? Like, 
I I feel like who was in Signs? I'm trying to remember who was in uh, Signs. Signs was Mel Gibson and Joaquin Phoenix and very young Abigail Breslin. And it's um they have the farm and they're aliens making crop circles. Okay, yeah, I haven't seen that. But I'm gonna rewatch the village because I loved it. I loved it so much. Love it. Bryce Dallas is that was Bryce Dallas Howard's first movie. Really? Yeah, she's. I, I watched an interview and she mentioned that that was her first movie, which was wonderful. And I just saw she's in Argyle. She's the lead character in that one, and she's fantastic. It's the best acting she's done. I'm totally gonna watch Ar. I'm gonna go take the kid. Do you think the kids would like Argyle? Hell yeah! I think it's a fantastic film. It's goofy and funny, and there's a lot of plot twists. It's very very fun. Okay, that's on the agenda. Um, I'm putting it in the calendar for Friday. It's for the cat ladies. If you're a cat lady, this one's for you. Oh my God, really? I'm so excited. Okay. Because um, her character, Ellie Conway, is a reclusive author and she has a cat named Alfie that she keeps in a backpack that she travels with her. And it's so good. Obviously, I wrote this film. This okay. is, guys, <laughs> Sarah, Sarah Fader is in fact Ellie Conway. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I'm so excited. Okay, like as soon as the, you mentioned cat backpack situations, it's it's go it's going down. It's happening. Okay, so so like this should be your homework this week is that like you should watch the movie and then we got to talk about it on the next podcast so we could talk about all the twists and spoilers because there's so much that happens in this movie. Challenge accepted. Um, so and and it's still it's not possible to watch on streaming. It's still in the theaters. Like there's no way to watch it on the streaming service. It- it's oh I don't uh it just came out in theaters this weekend so um I'm gonna Google right now and find out when it's gonna stream. I'm looking it up to yeah I I want to go to the theater though. Uh, can will it be on Apple TV? Uh, it all it says is that the movie will stream on Apple TV when the time comes. So it's right now in a theatrical release. So they're gonna milk that for all it's worth. So apparently Ellie Conway is a real author. Well, I, okay, to actually, okay, Sarah, I want you to stop looking into it right now because you're going to spoil the movie for yourself. Okay, okay, further. okay, all right, never mind. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I, I'm not going to say anything further because that, that that is a part of, like, the whole thing. <laughs> okay, I can, I kind of can see where this is going. I'm not Googling anymore. Googling has, has um, not, the opposite of com- commenced. What's the opposite of commenced? ceased ceased okay Ah! (laughs) um all right it is time for me to make the dinner for the children um but i will say that this has been a lovely episode i feel very pleased me too we're back and we're better than ever hello and also last week by the way not not to make excuses but I was dying last week. I had 102 fever. And so I've made it for, I'm actually have been reincarnated and I'm back. She lives. Uh, yes. Maybe not reincarnated. That's not the right word. I was like, it's like those things, you know, where you see in the hospital where it's like clear, like some, like I was revived to life by Yogi T. You know what? Oh, I, I, my brain just suddenly stopped there for a second. I was like, you, what? <laughs> Yes, the Yogi T made me come back alive. I um shout out to Yogi T if you're listening, please sponsor I just gotta, the podcast. I heard Yogi and suddenly just saw you in a hospital bed with Yogi Berra trying to Just hanging out. Just hanging out with Yogi Berra. Yep. No, good. not even hanging out. He was the one with the paddles on your chest yelling. Oh, that's hilarious. I okay, so 
if everybody should try this tea if you're sick. It is colon flu season, so it is called Breathe Deep, and it is from Yoga uh, Yogi Teas, and it has this very you know this is my hippy dippy side. It has this root. I can't pronounce it. I think it's mullein. Mullein. I think I don't know. So apparently it's a natural expectorant. So instead of taking like mucinex or decongestant, you can just drink this tea and you'll spit out all your phlegm. And it's amazing. Yogi Tea, if you're listening to this, you should sponsor our podcast. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I had to get there before you did. <laughs> oh, like, no, you didn't hear me. I said it five minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> so now, now it's double, double the trouble. Well, everyone, we love you and we'll see you next week on the show. Bye, Barbie. Bye, Barbie. Oh, wait. Follow us on Instagram at Tangential Friendship, at Joy Pearson, at the Joy Pearson, at the Sarah Fader, and we love you. We love you. Bye.